You just waited till it started to say that. All right, welcome to episode 45 of the Current Gen Podcast. My name's Tim, here with Derek and Dan. Guys, this is our last episode before we start angrily debating our favorite games of 2020. So this is the last chance for us to be friends. Is there any other way to the debate, Tim? I mean, I don't think there's such thing as civil discourse. So Agreed. Not anymore. Listen, it's Not either until we're in a Biden 2021, then we can heal yes. and we can talk normal. <laughs> well, there's but only two. There's only two options, right? It's either you do speak like a civilized human being, or you go ahead and you storm a government building. Mm-hmm. Um, you destroy a bunch of things. You steal some stuff. Um, you you videotape it. You high five cops. Yep. And and then that's it. Yeah. So it's only one of those two things. That's all. Listen. You can I just say, I was get this out of the way, and then I talk about lighthearted stuff like video games. As a registered independent, four years ago, I was embarrassed for Democrats with how they responded. I was. Mm-hmm. I thought they were. They should have been embarrassed the way they sat there and screamed during the inauguration. It was embarrassing, and sure, they, they overreacted. And they overreacted for four years. I'll take that a hundred <laughs> times over idiotic hicks with Confederate flags and sure. Trump flags storming yep. the Capitol, getting people killed. That is the dumbest thing. I'm so glad that Trump lost now. Like I before, I couldn't really. I was like, I'm not really sure. Do, do I want Trump or Biden to win? I don't like either of them. I don't know. Now I am so happy that Trump lost because him and his followers are the worst. Did you so, see uh, Man Bear Man Bear Pig showed up? I mean, I was part of that group, but thanks for <laughs> thanks I saw for you. calling me out. <laughs> yeah, I saw you there. Get get t- Tim. Get him out of there. Get him out of there. I saw Derek up there shirtless sitting in Nancy Pelosi's office. <laughs> Were, were you man? Dude, if I was a part of that, that's one person I would have made sure I hit. Like, I am disappointed they did not get to her. Apparently, there's some dramatic, like, interview with her where they're like, they were looking for me. I'm like, how did they not find your old ass? I would have beat your ass. That would have been, like, my number okay. one goal. I wouldn't even care about the election. I would have gone for Pelosi. A little much, but that's fine. I don't care. Get her out of there. She's it was, the, old. The whole thing was so embarrassing. It's like when you... You know, all of it has been embarrassing. The last four years on both sides have been very embarrassing. And this was like a culmination of just the most embarrassing. Can I just thing. say this before we go to lighthearted stuff? Because this is, I've been talking to a few people about it. I got off Facebook. I think I'm done. I don't think I'm ever going back. <laughs> but like, uh, we'll see. But like, I really truly believe that the, we've, always been divided so i'm not going to sit here and pretend like america's always been strong and united we were united for like a few months after 9-11 we've always been divided that's just the way we are we fight we argue social media has made everything worse everything worse everybody thinks that they're right nobody has that. any compassion or understanding for anybody that doesn't see i saw on like frank clark's post where he was upset that Facebook was silencing um, anybody. He was upset they were silencing Trump, but he was just, in general, he's like, they should not be doing this, blah, 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 which I 100% agree with. And there were several people on his post like, well, if you think or you agree with Trump at all, you should be silenced. 
that's a red flag. Like, that's the issue I have with the America we live in. It has nothing to do with left or right. It's both sides. Oh. I, I have a problem with both sides trying to silence each other. I have a problem with both sides getting violent with each other. It's only going to get worse, and I truly, truly believe social media is a big, big reason. Because think about it. I agree. Most, most of the things that we see now on social media, we didn't get to see before. Like, they just stayed well, in sure. our heads. Now I get to see everything, and now I can start to hate people that I would have never hated before because they don't agree with me or they think I'm stupid well, or whatever it is. There are always people like that around you, right? I mean, those people just are going to exist no matter what. Regardless. Yes, but I'm talking about yeah. taking it to the next level. No, I know. That this is why the th you can blame Trump all you want, and I do think Trump should be held accountable for his actions, just like I think the Democratic Party should be held accountable for a lot of the bullshit that they caused with the— with the protesting and everything like that. But my issue is social media is allowing us to see everything and we are not handling it in a mature way because honestly, most adults are just children getting older. That's all like their mindset are, are very, in, like very insecure, you know, very immature. I'm very proud of you to admit your faults. Yes. <laughs> But I seriously, I joke jokingly, I pretend to be immature, but I can see past all the bullshit. That's why I don't react to any of the stuff. Like I wanted to make a post tearing people down on Facebook, but I was like, no, that's exactly what I can't stand is this left and right. And this it's all just escalating. My point is, is that if this trend continues, it is not going to get better just because Biden says it's time to heal. Don't you realize Trump exists because there's a whole other half of the country that's sick of your shit? Hello? They hated you during Obama, and I'm not an Obama fan at all. I absolutely hate that guy or dislike that guy at the highest level. But I don't think he was offensive. Like, I don't, I don't think he was somebody that was, like, should get a reaction out of you like you would get a Trump. But you, Trump exists because of people like Obama. Trump exists because of that culture. Well, of he existed that bullshit. way already before, and he but he I'm was already doing inappropriate he things. Got then. voted in. No, I know because we're sick of the the ba both sides but, going back that's, and forth. And that's just how simple-minded people are. They're like, well, he's not a politician and entrenched in all that, so let's just pick that guy. Let's pick the orange-faced douche. No, they wanted somebody who will say what they say in their inner monologue. Well, which That's is terrible things, right? So, but it's both sides, though. We can pick on Trump. That's part of my problem. Is everybody picks on Trump? I'm not he's picking on both sides. I'm just picking on him. I think he's a douchebag. So I think no, he's a narcissistic funny. asshat who just. Sorry, Tim. You a bunch of censoring. <laughs> I've given up. I've given up on that. <laughs> beep, beep, he, he let my f bomb go last week. But like, like obviously, any mature adult's gonna understand that. This is why I think politics are dumb because like it, it it's kind of like with sports, right? Like you have people that are like Red Sox first Yankees, and like I don't care about baseball, but I live in Massachusetts, right? So like it's it's like almost like it's the law that I have to like the Red Sox, but I don't care. Um, but it's like people get violent with each other, and it's like you're literally just watching a bunch of strangers play baseball. But people will get violent about watching people that are just playing it's about a sport. Being right. But it, like it's what I'm saying is politics right. are dumb because it's like then it's like well you're on that team and I'm on this team, so now we have to fight each other. It's like why can't we just like 
collectively like a pool of just like listen you have your opinions i have my opinions but we're like we're one entity and like we're just gonna figure this stuff out like that's, but that's no, what i'm saying that's what derek's saying and i agree with what you're saying Dan. that's what it's yeah. that way that's what yeah, it yeah. what you're saying is what it should be and yeah. derek if i'm following you and i agree with what you're saying you're saying it's not that way and social media is one of the biggest reasons not the only well, yeah. one but it's yeah. one of the biggest reasons why and that is because now we're, we're at the point now where it's not just, hey, everyone can have an opinion. Now it's if you're silent, now we know what your opinion is. Yeah. You're not saying anything. We're even to that point. I've even seen a lot of tweets about that. Like, hey, if your friends are staying quiet, you know exactly where they stand on this. And it's like, they, or they're just stunned and don't know what to say because they've got friends and family who support both sides of the aisle. And the whole thing is just painful and you don't want to participate. You just want it all to go away. I think that's an okay response. Yeah. But uh, I do think um, – We've got folks in our group who I would say that people in our group and in our in our podcast listenership probably are more in the middle leaning to the left. But we do have some conservative folks who listen to listen. Let me just say to all of you on both sides, uh, all of the politicians who represent you are awful. All of them are. Doesn't matter if you like what they said in the speech recently. They're all pretty horrible people. Maybe someday, maybe someday we'll get a rational, decent human being in office. But for right now, it's just it's uh it's the same as it's always been it's just now we get to see it more i think it's always been this way i just think we get to see it more and we have to hear from each other more on it and it's just really uh, i think we should i think we should vote into office just a bunch of adorable animals in suits and let them make the uh the decisions i think that's just the best idea that'd be be great i'll tell you what the one thing i've learned during this (laughs) pandemic is the politicians that affect my life are these super low level local politicians who can't even make a full living off of it they have to do it like as a side gig mm-hmm. you know the city council and school board members and folks like that like they're the ones who yeah. really, really impact my life someone sitting in a fancy office in washington dc doesn't affect my life but we did see this past week that they can certainly rile folks up but anyway anyway i am very glad i'm very glad that i live nowhere near there yeah uh, and I hope, boy, I really hope that's the last crazy moment we see for a while. But who knows? It really did feel like a, the beginning of Division 2 or something. It was a little crazy. I know, literally. <laughs> um, speaking of video games, uh, we have been playing some stuff that I know each of us want to talk about. We're also going to talk about a few headlines in the video game world, not in the politics world. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, our favorite games from 2012. We'll go through a a tournament, you know, in honor of the NFL playoffs just starting this weekend, which has been a pretty fun weekend of, of watching football. What's the NFL? Um, <laughs> What's that? National Fairy League. Um, so, so Derek agreed. Derek it. agreed with that. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then we'll go through the best games of 2012 uh, tournament as well. But for right Derek, now, let's talk, let's talk about stuff that we're playing. Derek's the MVP of the National Fairy League, by the way. Yes. Number true. one MVP. Yep. His his Not prize. What your mom said last night, Trebek. Okay. His prize was. So you flew up to New that he's wearing off screen that we can't see. That was his prize. I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> prize was the booty shorts that you're wearing off screen. The ones that we can't. Booty shorts. If, if even that, short. Tim. If even that, we'd be lucky for uh, for him to even be wearing anything down below. So. Good point. Yeah, Good I point. think I have done the podcast in just my underwear before. So. Thankfully, you usually have a blanket, which is nice, but um. I'm glad you've gotten away from the reclining view that we had for a couple of weeks there. <laughs> um, um, we weren't on camera. Get it back soon. 
That's true. That is true. Well, if you are watching the video, you can see that, uh, Dan, you've got, what is that? What show is that in your background there? What is that? It's not a show, but it, it's clearly just. Oh, that looks like, that looks like Squall. Is that Squall? It is. Yes. I just, I Googled these images and I saw that one. I was like, oh, that looks kind of cool. It's almost like an anime aesthetic. It's uh, Squall and Renoa. It does have in an undisclosed location because Jesse White is playing eight right now and I don't want to spoil it. So. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And then Derek's got some Valhalla snow battle action going on behind mm-hmm. him. And then I grabbed the background, the symbol for the show that I just wrapped up. And then it's Cobra Kai season three. I just finished binging through that. Uh, highly recommend it. I really like it. I guess here's why you might not like it is if, is if you've got no, um, love for kind of that cheesy 80s and 90s kind of action adventure style movie or show it's just right in that same vein with those but i still think they make it modern and fun there's enough tongue-in-cheek there they make fun of themselves a good amount there Uh, i really enjoyed the cobra kai show and season three was fantastic too again you got to go into it with the right mindset don't go in expecting breaking bad or some kind (laughs) of winning performances it's just fun it's just it's just a fun 80s, 90s throwback, set in modern day. And I really love the lead, William Zabka. I think he's hilarious as Johnny. I think he's awesome. Mm. Ralph Macchio isn't a, a great actor, but, um, no, he, no. Does, but he does <laughs> fine. I think William Zabka actually is a good actor as Johnny. I actually think mm. he's good. That's why Barney Stinson, and he has said that uh, he's actually the hero of Karate Kid, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the, Ralph is actually the bad guy, right? which yeah. is part of the theme of the show anyways the show starts that way but it really especially at the end of season one and then all of season two and three it becomes more of a hey they're both in a gray area they're both kind mm. of good, kind of bad moral season three continues that although they do ensure you know they have a very clear-cut villain and then you have johnny and daniel kind of on different sides but not really and so anyway it's good i really enjoyed it I like it's clearly doing well it's already in a season three so yep yep and so, and I'm not positive it's been renewed for season four, but I'd be shocked if they don't have what I would imagine. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty popular though. Probably fourth and final season, if I had to guess, um, which is probably the right time to wrap it up. Fourth season. <laughs> that eight. shouldn't go for too long. <laughs> it really shouldn't. <clears throat> so, some of the kid actors aren't the best either. Some of them remind me of like, you know, Power Rangers or Saved by the Bell actors, where it's fine but it's cheesy. Again, mm. it's just good fun. So, I'm enjoying it. Or I have enjoyed it. I'm done watching it now. And also my wife and I watched Ready Player One. Oh. Thank you, Derek, for our free 30 days on HBO Max. We've been able to watch oh, yeah. stuff on there. And nice. uh, we watched Ready Player One on there. And I really liked it. I never read the book. We have a copy of the book. I have every intention of starting it. And I just haven't gotten to it because all my free time is taken up with gaming. Um, but uh heard good things about the movie. Actually, I heard mixed things about the movie. We both really enjoyed it. I think of it like a like a more serious Wreck-It Ralph, basically. Like I thought it was a lot of fun, lots of cool references, great visuals. Pretty predictable, but nothing wrong with that. I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun movie with lots of really cool references in Mm. there. If you're a fan of geeky culture and video games, you're going to see a ton of references and hear a ton of references in there. So I liked it. I thought it was really good. Is there a reference to this amazing series at all? There are some Final Fantasy references for sure. Yeah, That's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's it's almost every piece of geek culture is put in there, and it's Steven Spielberg. I mean, it's not his yeah, best yeah, movie yeah. by any stretch, but it, it's he still brings a lot of adventure and fun to uh-huh. his movies. So, 
Have you guys seen it? Have you guys seen Ready Player One? No. I have. Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Exactly. Nothing spectacular, but I didn't think it was bad. Yeah, it rem- again, it reminded me a lot of a Wreck-It Ralph type of a movie. Just more serious. Where It wasn't quite as silly, of course, as a Wreck-It Ralph, but like similar, just kind of lighthearted fun with lots of references to stuff you've seen before. So, anyway. Um, anything you guys are playing or watching that you want to talk about? I watched... Uh... King of Staten Island, I think oh, it was. Yeah. With Bill Burr. And Pete yeah, Davidson. Yeah, I, I actually Davidson. didn't know Burr was in it. I just yeah. knew Davidson was in it, which I'm not the biggest. I hate Pete Davidson's face. Like, it pisses me <laughs> off. So, it does look a little punchable. And, I, and I'm not a big fan of, like, douchebag, like, druggies. Like, I don't like movies about, like, oh, just sit around and smoke pot. But honestly, and yet somehow I, some of the most attractive women in Hollywood are. <laughs> I, I don't get it. Sure. Kate Beckinsale, Ariana yeah, I, Grande. Dude. Yeah, and I get I, the whole, like, women are into funny guys. Like, as somebody who <laughs> lives on dating sites now, the number one thing they want is, like, you to be funny. Like, you, you must be funny. Okay, thanks. That's subjective, by the so way. I could be a gargoyle, but as long as I'm hilarious. I yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like Andy from The Office funny, where he, like, just has to hurt himself to make yeah, girls yeah. relax. <laughs> So, um, so I get the whole like girls like funny guys, and obviously he has money that helps too. So they got the the success there. But I really, I really don't get it. Like he's a bug eyed. Like he he's a bad, actually, he's a bad right? Isn't he kind of like I got tattoos? Mm-hmm. I've got he some. Is, I think it is his like like his whole like I don't care. You know that's how he kind of comes across. Like I don't care. Um, but he does care. He's like a little insecure baby, like especially when the whole thing fell apart with uh, that one hot chick. He was he 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 came across like a little little baby. But anyways, um, I was surprised I actually watched it. I don't know why. I don't really watch movies, but I was like in the middle of watching a boring football game, and so I was like, oh, I only got H- HBO Max for like actually I think I only have it for like one or two more days. I was like, why don't I see what's on there since I hated Wonder Woman 84 and I've not used it for anything else. So I saw that movie. I was like, oh, it's on there. So I started it and surprisingly it hooked me because I was like, man, this is two hours and 20 minutes. This is supposed to be an hour and a half movie like this is just by the title. It automatically should be an hour and a half. So I was like surprised it was two hours and 20 minutes, but it kept me hooked like Bill Burr was Bill Burr. (laughs) <laughs> well, a nice—I would say a nicer version, even though he does play like a an a-hole for a time period in the in the movie. He's overall a nicer Burr, but he's still Bill Burr. And then Pete Davidson played the character I thought he would play. It's basically, I think, his kind of like his life story. Mm. Well, um, so his I'm not dad. Gonna... His dad was actually that. Yeah, that was the profession that his actual father. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So. So it's kind of like his life story. So I think he was just trying to play him as a loser. I've heard good uh, things about it. I do want yeah. to see it. Well, I, I had mentioned it like right when it came out, Renee, and I watched it. And yeah, it, it was actually uh, pretty endearing. Yeah. Um, I thought there was some funny moments like the one with the with the little kid. Yeah. And uh, when they're when they're hanging out by like the in the park or something. And yeah, the is it, is a lot is of funny stuff. Uh, it's got funny moments, yeah. but I think but it's, it's a more drama. of. It's more hooks you on like, well, it's um, is he ever gonna get himself together? Like, what, where is he going in life? Like, yeah, where for me, I was like, uh, I'm not gonna spoil it, but like, there's something he wants to do with his life. So I'm watching it going, is he ever gonna do it? 
Like, I want to see him just do it. Like, when is and how is it going to evolve? How is he going to get to to doing that? So that's kind of what was interesting. But you find that the way the story goes from each moment to moment, like, it kind of carries itself, like, where it's interesting. There are a few places where I giggle. Like, I actually out loud giggle. I was like, okay, this is so stupid. I'm actually f- laughing. But I just found it entertaining. I don't think it's amazing. I'll never watch it again. It doesn't make me like Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, if you listen to our show, I think you're ugly, bro. <laughs> and I am definitely annoyed that um, you got Pete Peckinson. He looks but. like he he looks like he needs some sleep, right? Like he has he just does. the darkest like yeah. rings around well, his eyes. And here's um, what I was trying to say. Yeah. He looks like like hunchback of Notre Dame. Like he stands like this, and he's, <laughs> well, he's got like, he's this a little lump in his right back. Here. Yeah. Yeah, and he's got like a lump. He almost looks like he has a lump. And I'm like, I mean, honestly, I, I knew guys like that both in high school and in college that are like they're pretty tall and they're lanky, but they also don't exercise or lift weights at all. So they kind of they almost become a little more hunched as opposed to like filling out with muscle. Yeah. And he also has substance abuse issues. I mean, all that makes sense. Yeah. You know, and so he's got the tattoos. Um, he's very witty and funny and has a dark demeanor about him. So there are certain people that are drawn to that. It just breaks my heart that it's my Hollywood crush, Kate Beckinsale. That's drawn to him. Um, and it is a Judd Apatow movie, so it has that Judd Apatow like vibe to it. So, and if, he has a way of making almost every movie that he does has that endearing hook yeah. to it, where yeah, it's yeah. silly, it's funny, it's probably pretty gross at times, but they hook you with that. Just they they get your heartstrings just the right amount yeah. to get you invested. He does a good job with that, I think. I think Bill did a really good job in that, to be honest. I, I think Bill Burr is pretty pretty solid in that. He he can pull off the. I um I watched uh well that movie and then I I was curious because I I and I actually did start it uh, Mandalorian yeah um I don't know how known who's in that or not do we want to not really mention that or it's, it's, I think it's okay to let people know that he's in it he yeah. listen he's in season one and then his character makes a return for some reason or another in, <laughs> in season two and I actually in season one he was fine. Okay. Kind of well, by the numbers. Which season, season is the one where he's like sitting at a desk and that guy's like telling him some stuff and things happen? He's like sitting with like oh, a friend. Oh, that's season two. Okay, so I watched that. Season clip. two, he clearly like his. He's becoming a better actor, and yeah. Derek's right. Like he's still when he talks, it's like wow, that's Bill Burr. My wife watched it with me, and we like his stand-up comedy. And she's like, he's just so himself. That's what she yeah. said at the beginning, right? Because he's just cracking jokes and being kind of a wise guy. He sounds like he's from Boston, but in Star Wars, you know, it's like <laughs> all right. But then by the end of that second appearance in Mandalorian, like I believed his character, and they they yeah. actually talk about his history a little bit. And there's something that really upsets him, and that kind yeah, of sets yeah. him off to change yeah. the course of that episode. And you kind of feel for him and really like him. You're like, oh. Yeah. And I wasn't thinking of him as Bill Burr in that moment. So yeah. that tells it's, me it, he's become it, a much better actor than he yeah, used to Yeah, it, it is hard for me just because I, I – I, for me, he's my favorite stand-up comedian at the moment. So, like, it, it is weird seeing him being in a sci-fi universe and be like, I mean, that's that's friggin' Bill. Like, come on. He's got the ac- – I mean, the accent is so distinct, you know? Yeah. But like He's talking yeah. trash to a droid. That's so funny to me. <laughs> um, but – but yeah, I, I just think it's I, I think he actually is pretty solid at, at some of these acting gigs. So um, agreed. What, what about you, Dan? You watching anything? Well, so I did. So I just mentioned a second ago, I, I, I watched the first couple of episodes of the first season of Mandalorian. OK, so I don't have much to say yet. OK, um, 
it it does seem pretty cool. It seems interesting. I I'm not one, and I think I mentioned Tim on our Christmas episode that kind of like with villain movies. Like I'm very specific about these sort of movies where like much like with villains, I don't super care too much about these side characters. Yeah. Like I I'm more invested in like whatever the main sort of plot or like whatever the main thing is going on and. In Star Wars, in the series of Star Wars, there's clearly certain characters that are uh, more prominent and more right. important. They're central. Yeah, right. central. Yeah. So Mandalorian, I was kind of like, eh, I mean, like, I, you know, bounty hunter, part of that race, you know, he's just some side dude, whatever. But I was like, oh, you know what, whatever. I, then I watched the Bill Burr clip and then I was like, all right, you know what, this seems kind of cool. Let me give it a shot. And, and it does seem cool. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I know a couple of... Uh, Another character that does show up later on, um, I'm not going to mention, but uh, I just. But I will like... say this: season one does a good job of making you care about him and Baby Yoda, and then their okay. little father-son bond they start to build. Yeah, they, they did a good job in season one of that. But you still, I'm with you. It still feels like this is a side story that apparently no one in the movies cared about. So why should I care about it? So sure, it, it is a little bit of a side thing. And then on the in the second season, I. I think they did a much better job, especially towards the like the second half of the second season. Mm-hmm. It feels like a much bigger and much more important, much more pivotal story. And the character, not only the characters they bring in, but also like the stuff that happens. Like, oh, this actually kind of has an impact on the larger. So he gets stars. swept up in sort of a bigger thing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So that that's cool. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, obviously, people have very strong opinions about Star Wars, and especially <laughs> this last trilogy. People have even stronger opinions now, so... (laughs) People need to chill out, man. It's all just fun. It's all just good, (laughs) silly fun. And maybe you would have told it differently, but hey, guess what? You weren't hired to write the script, so... (laughs) It's just... It's it's interesting. So, like, me, myself, being just kind of... I I guess I would call myself a casual Star Wars fan, because I I am more... And this is why I always joke around about how I think uh, Dragon Age is better than Mass Effect. I like more medieval fantasy settings. That's just what I prefer yeah um so so sci-fi is not my favorite type of setting um and with star wars um me just being a casual fan so i enjoyed the new trilogy but i definitely kind of understand where some people were like not feeling it because i don't know to me i guess it kind of just felt like not really anything happened i think they kind of just borrowed some stuff from the original trilogy because it's a sequel trilogy to that and like things things did happen but like I don't know, like, you know that that whole sequence in the second one where they're kind of just adrift and they're trying mm-hmm. to just kind of lure the, what is it, is it the New Republic? You mean the the um, new the First Order? First Order, thank you. You know how they're just kind of floating through space and they have the yeah. shields behind them and they're just kind of like, they don't know what to do? I kind of feel like that right there exemplifies that entire trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> that entire trilogy is basically that moment where they're just floating along and they're like, I mean, we need to do something. What's going on? I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I, and all the fans are behind him. Firing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that to me, that moment literally exemplifies that entire trilogy. That's funny. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. You know what? And I uh, got to get a shout out to our buddy, Kyle Neely. He'll be joining us, by the way, for some game of the year stuff. Oh, he's uh, going to be angry Jeff, if he hears this. And Jeff Woodman. No, I want to give him a shout out because I, I think he and I both love Star Wars. He might even love it more than I do. Let's be honest. But I do love it. I like to think that I'm a huge fan of Star Wars. Yeah. And I, I'm i sorry to say this, other Star Wars fans, I've enjoyed all of it. Like, I've got my yeah. favorites, and I've got moments that I wish, like, oh, my gosh, I 
I really didn't like the love story in episode two, but it is what it is, and I can get sure. through. It. It's fine. It's not my favorite, yeah. but it's fine. I just still enjoy all of it, and I can make fun of parts of it. I like funny memes, like people like Kyle like to post. I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, and I just enjoy it. And I'm yeah. sorry, Star Wars fans, that I don't have much more of a critical eye. But I, I've enjoyed all of it. I'm so pumped for all the new shows um, that are coming out. And Dis- I think Disney Plus is going to kill it in 2021. I think they're absolutely going to destroy it between Marvel and Star Wars. They're going to be dominating. I think as long as John Favreau is literally writing all of it, they'll be fine. <laughs> John clearly, Kevin, uh, how do you say his last name? Fage? Fahey? Fahey? Yeah. Those two guys are doing a great job taking those yeah all those properties and kind of keeping them moving forward. But anyway, yeah. I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm curious to hear as a casual Star Wars fan, mm. do you, will you continue to enjoy it? I, we loved Firefly and, and Mandalorian gives me some mild Firefly vibes from time and time to time. Okay. Um, and if you ever, did you ever watch Firefly? Not the show, but I, I actually did watch the movie. Oh, you um, saw Serenity? Serenity. Yeah. I, I thought that was a fun movie. Um, yeah, well, kind of show really. The show was like uh, yeah. whatever it is, fourteen episodes before it got yeah, canceled, yeah, yeah. and then the movie kind of a little bit of a time jump, but then it's like kind of wraps, wraps up. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, Mandalorian gives me mild Firefly vibes, where it's kind of smaller scale, a little bit. Um, uh, re- <laughs> he kind of has a rundown ship most of the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> the, um, oh, what's what the little du- the little dudes? Uh, Utini. What what do they call again? Uh, the ja- not the Jawas. Um, uh, shoot, why can't I yeah. think of that? Yeah, the little Jawas, the Jawas. Yeah, the ones who are scavengers with the with the hoods, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah I, love, I love the episode when they're all they're chanting for the egg. They love that. Yeah, episode. I love those little. Do- Ooh, Danny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, I wanted to mention one thing real quick. I know we talked a lot about stuff that we were watching. Um, if you haven't yet, you've got another three weeks on your Switch to go download the Monster Hunter Rise demo. You can play. You can run up to 30 missions, and then I've heard, although they might fix this in an update, I've heard you can then just delete your save and run more missions. But the idea is there's four missions to choose from. You can do a total of 30. So you could do one of them 30 times or a combination of all four of them 30 times. So there's two actual monster hunts, and then there's two tutorials. Um, And so I played it. I just want to get my quick thoughts, my quick impressions on Monster Hunter Rise. I think this game looks and runs amazingly for for a switch game it yeah. is not up to snuff with what i experienced even on my base ps4 playing monster hunter world it's not quite to that level visually but it plays a lot like it the menu system the weapons the armor the way you fight monsters the environments very reminiscent of monster hunter world i think it's really impressive what they've been able to do tried it docked and handheld both looked really good mm. um i actually prefer it on handheld of course because i think it just the screen being smaller it allows the game to get away with a little more visually. You know, it can, yeah. be, it can look a little crisper even if it's not. So anyway, I really, really like it. I'm excited for this game. It comes out in March, and demo is I think I think it's up till February 1st. I was trying to look that up while we were talking, but anyway, go download it if you have a Switch. Give it a nice. shot. Uh, game comes out in March. I, I love it. So if you like Monster Hunter World, then 100% try this one. Nice. So. Cool. Uh, anything else you guys are playing you want to talk about before we talk about a few headlines? I'm just going to add that because I, I bought it last week, early last week, but I'm back on the PC Master Race uh, bandwagon. I ended up uh, getting the opportunity to 
I haven't gotten it anything. In fact, the only thing I've gotten is an email saying, hey, we got your order, but they haven't, like, done anything. Like, they haven't charged me, nothing. Um, but I was able to pick up for about basically $2,000. I don't know if they're charging tax. Oh, they didn't, I thought you were didn't. talking about a game. I was like, all right, you ordered that. No, no. No, 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 I'm saying prior to that, obviously. Uh, Not a $2,000 game. (laughs) No, no. So I got uh, a PC, a desktop PC with the RTX 3080 card. I almost went with a 3090, but that would have jumped me up to a $3,500 PC. So I stuck to the 2000. Yeah, yeah. But the reason I did it is because, and I said it on my Facebook post, um, uh, I was able to get a bonus that I didn't know I was getting. So I like literally got an email at work. Hey, Derek, just want to let you know you got so much for your bonus for 2020. And then the next day it was in my bank account. So it wasn't like, you know, I knew it was coming or I was hoping it was coming. I was actually not counting on getting it because of COVID. I figured they would be like, hey, we we can't give any bonuses out because of this and that. But they gave it to me. So I decided to, to utilize it on that. Um. So I'm really excited. Hopefully I get it end of January because here's the reason why I'm excited. I won't talk too much because I know people don't like my PC stuff, but is with a, with a RTX 3080, I can pretty much now utilize my, the 4k monitor that I praise all the time. I can utilize it however I want with almost every game. Like with, to, to give an example, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I can now run it at native 4k. So I don't need, I don't need any, like, DLSS, which the game doesn't have anyways, but I'm saying I don't even need DLSS to help me. I can run it at native 4K, ultra settings, and still hit 60 frames per second. Yeah. So That's crazy. Yes, yeah, so I'm what, running it on my 2070 Super. I'm running it at ultra settings. It averages about 45 to 50 frames per second on, on 1440. And, and for those who don't know... Going from 1440 to native 4K drops like a ton of like frames per second. It's almost like it's almost the equivalent of turning on ray tracing. It drops you 20 to 30 frames per second. So that's why I use my 4K monitor. I've used it a lot, but I always have to mess around the settings all the time. I'm just kind of hoping with this desktop. That's why I kind of went all I went all in and that's why I was considering the 3090. I was like, every time you buy something big, you always hold back to save 2, 300, 500 dollars so you don't feel bad. Just buy what you want to buy so you don't have to buy something else later. And then like, you're going to sit there that yeah, the pit in your stomach like, "Oh, this one piece yeah. of this sucks." <laughs> yeah. So I feel like while I did kind of hold back cuz I didn't go to the RTX 3090, but the 3090 is more for 8K gaming. So, yes, 8K gaming is going to come, but I'm thinking that's five to six years from now. Do any games I, even support that right now? There are, are there games. Any games that- there are. I think Doom might support it. There's one game, I think, that does 8K. Because there's some YouTubers I follow that they'll play stuff in 8K. Well, that kind of answers the question. Then. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's not worth no, it. No, no. That would be more me buying it for future-proofing. Unless you want to platform a lot in Doom. Because you could do that. You could do a lot of platform, first-person yeah, platforming, be, which is your favorite. Doom Eternal, the greatest game ever. Trash. But, <laughs> but my point is is that I don't have to now go into settings and F around it all the time. I can yeah. just turn on everything on Ultra. I can turn on DLSS if I want to. 
with ray tracing, I'm probably going to turn DLSS on, but I'm going to have ray tracing maxed out. That's what I want. I like to have those options. I That's important to me. I know other people don't care. They're, they're fine playing on 720p. But for me, I want the highest settings with as high of frames per second as I can get, and I'm glad that this provides. Yeah. It should. It's $2,000. Well, make sure you update us when, uh, when you get it. I am curious if it delivers and your 4K yeah. monitor finally can display what it's supposed to 2k yeah. pc you know or over 2000 pc i hope it delivers i'd be better furious if it didn't I mean, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I pay yeah. 1800 for my G- gtx 1080 pc and i think that was like four years ago mm. it did good i mean it did a lot of games native 4k at 30 frames per second but i mean with all the new technology, and that's my concern, is PC gaming is getting into this whole, like, every time we release a graphics card, we got to make something exclusive to it. And now even, and I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but Tim needs to be aware of it. Now PC gaming is getting really stupid, where they're now making certain games having exclusive techni- technology Correct. attached right. to them. Based yeah, on like, for, they might only have ray tracing with a certain card. Or yeah, whatever, with an AMD sakes. card. Or ray tracing, well, ray tracing is NVIDIA, but ray tracing only on NVIDIA, but if you have an AMD uh, game, like, for instance, the reason uh, Assassin's Creed doesn't have DLSS and all that stuff, it's AMD. Like, every time you turn the game on, AMD slogan or logo pops up. There's all kind of deals there. Like, if you bought a new AMD card in the last year, you probably got a free copy of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Things like that. They have all kinds of bundles and combos. I mean... Don't they know that like people are already skeptical, uh, skeptical, skeptical of jumping into PC gaming like as is, and then they're gonna like then like fork in the road even further yeah. with like the video cards I mean, I and technologies. I get what you're saying. I do think that's stupid. And they even said they were trying to like lower. This is Nvidia. We're trying to make it easier for you to understand how their graphics cards work because if you go look at like their past when they release graphics card, extremely confusing. Is a GTX uh, 1060 or whatever, 1660 Ti more powerful than a 1070? Uh, like, some of these lower-level cards are more powerful than higher-level cards. Like, it gets really confusing. So I understand what you're saying as far as, like, hey, you're confusing it more. But I think at the level I'm talking about where it's, like, they have this deal with AMD. They have this deal with NVIDIA. The only people that notice that are people that are, like, in the know. If mom was going to buy me a PC, my mom's not, by the way. She's dead. But if my mom was going to buy me a PC, she would have no clue about that deal, and she would not care. She would yeah, just I, like, think, I, th- I think some of this stuff, some of the little technical improvements, if you have this one card, I can... I can live with that. Like if I miss out on some small technical yeah. bump because I don't have AMD or whatever, I can I can live with that as long as it doesn't get out of hand and now games are exclusive to cards and things like that. Because one of the things that's an, the biggest appeal about PC gaming is, oh, I get to play almost everything other than some Sony and Nintendo first-party games. It's really all that I have to play. You need a console for. So as long as we don't veer away from that, I'm okay with it. I can handle not having DLSS and games like Assassin's Creed. It's fine. I would have liked to have it, but um, overall it was fine. I think that's why we wouldn't have, have to worry with, about uh, that. Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. I was just going to say the only reason why I don't think we'd have to worry about dealing with what you just presented is because they know nobody's going to buy 
two graphics cards for one PC. It's not like you can just slam it in there and be like, oh, I'm going to switch out my AMD and put it <laughs> in, my, in my RTX. Like, it doesn't work that way. So that's the only reason why I don't think it will ever get to that. And they can get away with, hey, AMD's funding this card or this game, so we're going to give it special technology for this game. And then uh, NVIDIA is paying for this one, so we're going to give them, we're going to run DLSS. And, and right. clearly it's... Like Ubisoft is playing both sides because Ubisoft has an agreement with Assassin's Creed with AMD, but then Watch Dogs has DLSS and ray tracing attached to it, which is NVIDIA. So they have deals on both sides. Well, Ubisoft, they dude, they like to be friends with everybody, every console creator. I mean, yeah. they do PS5. They, I mean, um, Ubisoft is even teaming up with Amazon for Luna and Google with Stadia. Like, they, they yeah. want to be friends with everybody. They want to oh, make sure. video games. And so, like, I have to admire that about Ubisoft uh, with all the other stuff that they've had to deal with this year. I do admire how they handle their business, at least when it comes to partnerships. Um, well, listen, let's talk about a few headlines before we go through our best games of 2012. Uh, Nintendo acquired next level games and for some reason i already thought that nintendo owned them but they didn't yeah, but they acquired next level games they're the ones who did like luigi's luigi's mansion franchise mario strikers uh they did the wii punch out game that came out whatever in 2011 or whatever year that was yeah i honestly figured they would have had them already yeah i thought they owned them but no but now they do so now they own them and Sweet. Um, you don't hear about nintendo acquiring a lot of devs no so doesn't happen that often but um if you haven't watched it yet, but Monster Hunter is a series that you like, go check out their digital event they aired this week for Monster Hunter Rise. That's when they announced the demo as well. But they go into detail on a whole bunch of their monsters from the game, uh, some of the new features. Uh, they talk about some of the things you'll be able to do, some of the way the world was created. It's, it's pretty good. Um, also, uh, the I can confirm that the uh, Malamute or Palamute, whatever it's called, the dog. Okay. Super adorable, super fun to use. Actually, the animation on that thing is really, really high quality. So I think yeah. they did a great job with the dog. And you can fight a little bit on, you know, while riding the dog. It's oh, just, nice. It's not recommended. It's one of those things where you might want to fight smaller monsters or while you're riding just yeah, to yeah. try to maybe get clear of something. But for the most part, you're going to want to dismount because you can't do a ton of damage. Does from... it fight alongside you? It does fight alongside you, just like nice. your, just like your Palico did as well. Sweet. So, and if you like, if you're a cat person, you can use a palico instead of the palamute. It's fine. Either way you want to go is fine. The other Nintendo rumor I wanted to bring up and see what you guys thought about this. Everyone's been talking about the potential Switch Pro. You know, when Nintendo's yeah. successor to the Switch, or maybe like just an improved version of the Switch, kind of like a PS4 Pro or Xbox One X. You know, is Switch going to do something like that? Been like there's, for a year now. There's a lot of rumors about it still, and now this. Um, data miner, this quote-unquote known data miner, um, has uncovered some information they're claiming is legitimate, and apparently they've uncovered real information through data mining in the past, so people are giving this a little bit of weight. But here's some of the details. Uh, Nintendo's latest firmware update contains mention of an upgraded Switch console currently codenamed Aula. Or, so it kind of sounds like Ula. Remember Ula? Whatever uh, that Ouya? Was. It was the Ouya? Ouya. Or Ouya. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this lends some credence to the theory that Nintendo has a Switch Pro model in its plans for the near future. It's, of course, been rumored for months and in some cases even years, but Nintendo has thus far given no indication that it actually exists or it's even being worked on. Um, but 
they're saying it's going to use the same chip that was implemented in the Switch Lite and also in the upgraded Switch models that came out last year. They kind of just quietly upgraded all the models of the Switch to be a little bit faster and a little bit better, have better battery life. They're saying it's the same chip um, that, that's already being used. So it doesn't sound like this is like a generational leap. What they uncovered okay. so far, it sounds more like a modest step forward. Um, but they are saying that it's being advertised. Let's see. It, men- it mentions this Realtek chip, which is advertised as a 4K UHD multimedia chip. Um, they're also talking about how it's likely to support 4K graphics. And some reports are saying it's only when docked. So the chip might actually live in the dock itself right. and it would support 4K if you're going to a screen. But then handheld mode will go, you know, scale down to like that 1080 or whatever. Um, OLED screen was one of the biggest pieces of news here. So if you're a big fan of the Vita, the way that looked and felt, and you like that screen, then uh, you'd be you'd be happy with what the new Switch would look like. So anyway, there's some more details there. None of it sounds too amazing. The the summary is this: It sounds like if this data mining is accurate, there's going to be some support for 4K gaming from Nintendo. It wouldn't be crazy. I'm sure it wouldn't be um, anywhere Probably close ups. to what we have on. Yeah, upscaled. Yeah, it would probably be upscaled. But it might also only be when docked, but I think that's okay. I think that's a good move for them to have the opportunity to put their games into, you know, to match up better with the, the screens that most folks have today. I would prefer it because I would rather play. I know a lot of people like handheld. I don't. I utilize the Switch. In, a, in fact, I only use my Switch Lite, which is permanently handheld. Well, but why is that? Is that because the big screen doesn't look that great, probably? Yeah. Whereas I would prefer to have a Switch where, yes, I have the option to play it in handheld if I'm traveling or whatever, or if I'm watching a football game and I want to play something while I'm watching a football game. But I would want to play with my pro controller on a TV like I play with my PS5 or Xbox Series X. Yeah. So Same if there. they can get like 1440p and above, that's huge for Nintendo, especially since a lot of their first-party stuff just looks amazing even with lower P's, I think anything above 1440p, they would make it look almost like native 4K. Yeah. They would I mean, have uh, like Mario Odyssey 2 in like 1440p would probably look pretty gorgeous. Yeah, I'm gonna just take a guess. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, you're probably. So it right sounds like it's a nice. Actually, if if everything's true, it sounds like it's more of a jump than I thought it would be. Because you got to mm-hmm. remember when Nintendo does these like little upgrades they're literally usually little upgrades like they're like hey the battery life is a little bit more or last time right or you know like hey you can play this exclusive xenoblade game on mar on the new 3d so like or we added a joystick you know that should have been there the first time and nintendo talks in such high pitch more of a more of a nub than the joystick yeah i think i'll agree but the point is is like they usually just do like little like fix a fix it things like this sounds like they want to do like a switch point five like well, well you know, 1.5 it does sound well yeah so it's more of an upgrade except i do think the general hardware experience is going to be the same so it might pack more power might have better battery life might look better when docked but I mean, I don't, that's I honestly what the a idea series x of, is but yeah exactly that's what i, I think it x might be, uh, did not i did not feel like i got a new console as somebody who owns an right. xbox one x for two and a half years when I got the Series X, I was underwhelmed. I'm not saying it doesn't have cool stuff. Like, you guys pray the, praise the SSD stuff and the quick load times. I don't care about that. Like, yeah, it's cool, but that doesn't make me feel next-gen. 
Um, and even I don't know, put- man, loading the Cyberpunk game on my SSD on my PC and the fact that I can go from launching it to actually playing the game within, it's not too many seconds. Like it's no, yeah. I'm saying that's awesome. cool. I'm just saying yeah. for me personally, that doesn't feel like that's not what I want on a next gen. I mean, you just, yeah. I just fair. said I bought a PC for two thousand dollars. Not, <laughs> so I'm like, I want my games to load faster. No, I bought it because I want it to look absolutely amazing and so yeah, I can brag right. about my high frames per second. But like, um, with the Xbox Series X, a lot of the games, not all of them, but a lot of them games look just like the Xbox One X, and then the whole interface looks the same. Like. I don't feel like I got that jump. I felt like with the PS5, I got a jump. Everything ran faster. Everything looked better. They well, they also didn't. Yeah, they didn't upgrade. Games. They didn't upgrade the PS4 the same way Microsoft. You're right. Upgraded the Xbox One, so it felt like a totally new experience. Yeah. Whereas with it the does Xbox for me. One, it didn't. Oh, it that. is. It's completely yeah. different. And as somebody who's like I said, I buy every Xbox. Like I yeah. have had every Xbox. The Xbox Series X. It's a great console, so if anybody's listening and taking this out of context or an idiot, I'm not saying it's not worth owning. You just didn't feel like it was new. It yeah. doesn't feel like a huge jump, and I yeah. think that's because there was no Halo. There was no Forza. There was no nothing that I went, oh, this was made for this console. Like, there was I a Call different. of the Sea. All right. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that one. I liked that game. All right, Derek's so name written all over it. Would you guys, let's just say that Nintendo this spring or maybe next fall, who knows, they put out a Switch Pro that has uh, modest but but notable improvements like this, you know, 4K, that kind of stuff, better battery life. But generally, it's still a Switch. Will you upgrade? Will you trade well, yours in? Will you upgrade? It depends on if, if it's kind of like the Xenoblade Chronicles that they put on that new 3DS. Like, if there's games that are only going to be playable on this, then yes. Okay. That's that's the that's the thing. But what if uh, not? what if all the, the games are played for me? What if, if the games 4K. are on both? If the games can be played on both? Yeah, I mean, I probably still will. Okay, okay, because <laughs> they'll look so, nicer. So it also Derek, depends on like a trade-in deal. So if yeah. if the Switch Pro is three hundred, let's say they at this time drop the Switch to two hundred, two hundred fifty, they drop drop the Lite to one fifty, and let's say the Switch Pro is three hundred, three fifty. If I can get a hundred, hundred and fifty for my Lite and take that off the switch pro then that makes it a lot easier for me mentally to go okay it's worth upgrading to the 4k or the more battery life or whatever the case may be yeah for me it's for the most part a no-brainer unless unless it turns out these upgrades aren't even what's rumored which to me was rumored isn't that exciting but it's nice and if it turns out the actual news whenever it's revealed even if it's not this year uh, if the actual upgrades aren't that impressive, then then I'll revisit it. But for the most part, it's a no-brainer. It's my it's one of my favorite. I concepts. think it's time. I mean, what the Switch came out four years ago, right? We're coming up on the fourth anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. So it totally makes sense that sometime this year, probably fall, um, that sometime this year they're going to release a updated version of the Pro so. or of the Switch, and I'm hoping it will be a, a bit of a jump. I would yeah. like a little bit of a jump. I hope so. Not just exclusive games and better battery life. Well, guys, um, it's time to feel a little sad. Say goodbye to the Killzone franchise website. Not the franchise, oh, just just the website. No! <laughs> there was a message. I, I on went the, there every day. So on the Killzone <laughs> website, there was a message that talked about how it's now redirecting folks to uh, a, more of a main Sony page or something like that for Killzone. Um, I've seen some follow-up stuff where they've clarified that we're not saying the franchise is gone forever. We're just we don't no longer have need or the support of the the website. 
So you know what? I take back my frustrations earlier. Everything that happened at Capitol Hill or on Capitol Hill just doesn't even com- <laughs> it just doesn't even compare to this. This is your favorite site. I know you were there all the time. <laughs> um, this is a travesty. But this is why they invented the Wayback Machine, okay? You can go back to the archives and take a look at those old pages to your heart's content. The Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine. Uh, you know, it's interesting. This, this uh, I think it was this article, or maybe it was an audio series that Bloomberg put out. There was a whole bunch of um, executives from Microsoft that were kind of going back and telling the story of what it was like to launch the OG Xbox. And they go through some of the other big tentpole moments in Microsoft and their console um, history. And one of the things that really came out was there's actually a whole bunch of things, but one of them, this is really funny, so I thought I'd read this to you. Uh, in an attempt to secure exclusives for the original Xbox, so this is Microsoft trying to gear up for the launch of the OG Xbox, they unsuccessfully tried to acquire EA, Square, and Midway, and then now notoriously tried to acquire <laughs> Nintendo. Um, and this is, of course, before. Bungie and Halo became a thing. So they were just trying to get some exclusives for their hardware. You know, they mm-hmm. wanted to they wanted to arrive with the bang. So this is really funny to me, the part where they got real specific here. Um, Steve, this guy, this, this is someone who's talking. Steve made us go meet with Nintendo to see if they would consider being acquired, explains at the time the director of third-party relationships, Kevin Bacchus. So they went to Nintendo to make an offer. And he, and he basically pitched it like saying... Hey, our hardware is really good. Your hardware is not that great, but you guys kill it with software. How about we team up? We'll acquire you. You keep making the games, and we'll make the stellar hardware. And he said they just laughed their asses off. Like, <laughs> like imagine an hour of somebody just laughing at you. That's kind of how the meeting went. <laughs> Silly Americans. That was more so. of a Russian accent. That wasn't Japanese. It's all right. We'll let it slide. Yeah. Uh, I just find that I just imagine that, and I just feel like it's so funny. These American businessmen from Microsoft going over there, like, all right, we're about to come in here with all this money, and we're gonna Jeez. shock these guys, and we're gonna be there. Imagine if they did, though. That <sighs> would have been a much different world that we're living yeah. in right now, in the video game wise, at least. So it's actually I didn't even know that they had tried to get Square. I would have been I would have been devastated. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a huge get because that would have changed the PlayStation 2 experience as we know it. You know, if OGX... I would like to think that Microsoft is better now. Like, when, when I found out they bought, uh, what's the, ZeniMax or whatever? Yeah. I was actually happy and not upset because I feel like they're a different Microsoft now. My point in bringing this up is, like, if they would have bought Nintendo back then, they would have screwed everything up like they aren't they don't have a track record of handling buying things and then doing something good with them yeah i feel like they've learned from that at least under you know phil spencer and like his goal is to be like hey we bought these guys but they can do whatever they want now like we're just going to do check-ins and maybe we'll we'll throw out hey we'd like for you to do this but in the end they're going to you know let them do um whatever they want whereas like back then that's not how they were like they would buy you out and then they controlled you a good example that is rare a good example that is rare and i don't think rare has been awful they just haven't been the rare that we remembered and i still think well they were off they were used awful when they first bought them correct they have the last 
what maybe four or five years they freed them out some yeah put out some decent stuff and hey people don't love cfds but the way rare has not only improved but also added to and supported that game is impressive they've done a really good job with that um all right well those are some of the headlines that jumped out at me i'm sure there's others um but for the sake of time we are getting close to an hour and then i i want us to make sure we get through this tournament old games for this week and then next week we'll talk about the best of 2020. And by the way, we have about, by the time you're listening to this, you might have about 12 more hours maybe until the uh, the poll is closed for voting. So if you want to go vote, make sure you do that. If you'd like to be, have your name entered into the drawing, I'll be, we're going to have three game of the year episodes and each episode I'm going to be drawing out a name to send you a gift card to your digital shop of choice. Um, if you want to be, have your name considered for that, entered into that drawing, make sure you vote, make sure you put your name in there. Um, but yeah, we've, I've already, I can already kind of see who the winners are from the votes from for some categories for other categories. It's like a half percent close. So just depends on the category. So go ahead and vote. You can just find us on Facebook, uh, current gen podcast on Facebook. And the link is pinned to the top of our page there. So without further ado, let's head over to our best games of 2012 tournament now we've done a few of these already i think we did 2010 and 2011 does that sound right yeah i think two so far um and the way we do this basically is i go on to metacritic and in some cases i'll grab you know even the wikipedia list just to make sure i'm not missing anything and i try to get all these significant games from that year i try to make sure that it's games that originally released in that year even if they came out on other platforms later like this is the year that it released a good example of that would be like the witcher 2 that came out on PC and then later came out on 360. But, you know, we try to give it like it's quote unquote official year uh, to compete in. Um, so this for 2012, there's a lot of really high quality games. I, it's 44, actually. That's and it. so it created a first round. I'm going to share my screen so you guys can see this. The first round is a little bit different. It's basically a whole bunch of play in games to get to. Okay, now here's our main list of 32, and we'll start chopping it down from there. So um, let me share my screen here, if it'll let me one second. Let us travel back in time and decide <laughs> who is the best Vigi game of 2012. That's what we're going to try to do. By the way, um, uh, when you guys think of the year 2012, any games come to mind uh, right away? I mean, I... I, I have a hard time remembering years of games sometimes. I mean, I this I mean like Final Fantasy VII. I know it was nineteen ninety seven, but like I'm not good at remembering dates per se. Mm, so gotcha. Well, two thousand twelve. So that was like the last year of like the three sixty and PS three, right? Yes, it was. Was it okay? Yeah, because the new consoles launched in late twenty thirteen. Oh, well, so then I, mean, I already know. Who, I already know who the winner is then. Can you guys see my screen? So the text is a little small. Yeah, I can't like see it because it's just small. But that, I don't think that's something you can fix. I'll have to zoom in a little bit here. All right, All right yeah, Tim, like... enhance. <laughs> enhance. Yes. Zoom in. Enhance. Or more. Oh, Final Fantasy 13 2. That automatically wins. That's the greatest <laughs> game of all time. All right, so here are the games Auto- that are auto. Here's the games that are automatically in round two. So if you're just listening, I'll try to read it off to you as best I can. If you're watching, you'll be able to see this and don't need me to narrate it. So I'll try to go quick. But the games that are automatically in round two, and I ranked them according to Metacritic score. 
that just was the I could, that was the most objective way I could think of to give them like. Oh, C. good. So Journey made it awesome. <clears throat> of course, Journey made it. Uh, so <laughs> the games that are automatically kind of given a bye week, as it were: Persona 4 Golden, Little Big Planet on Vita, Halo 4, Mark of the Ninja, Far Cry 3, Journey, Fez, Assassin's Creed 3. Xenoblade Chronicles, Guild Wars 2, Mass Effect 3, Diablo 3, Max Payne 3, it was the year of threes, uh, Borderlands 2, Trials Evolution, and The Walking Dead, a Telltale series. And that is usually like, usually the first episode of the Telltale games determines when that game, quote unquote, came out, even though oftentimes yeah. those bled into the next year's. Yeah, because they would come out in the fall. Yep, that's usually how they did it. So yep. those games are automatically in round two. Let's. Go through some of our play-in games here together. We'll start. We'll go ahead and start voting for these. The first matchup, ranked number thirty-two and thirty-three, is Hitman Absolution and Dust and Elysian Tale. I have mm. played both of these, and I think they are both good. What do you guys think? Have you played them both? Yeah, I have. I played both. Um, I'm gonna vote Hitman Absolution. But that's not because I think Dust is actually a bad game. I thought Dust was actually pretty cool. But Hitman Absolution was one of the few Hitman games that I actually like connected with and actually enjoyed. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, um, that was actually my second Hitman game I ever played, um, and I really did like it. I know a lot of like the hardcore fans didn't like it too much because it was. I think it was a little more. I don't know what the right word to use is like mainstream. It was a little mainstream more arcadey, a little more shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't you as. You could like... get away with screwing up. That's why I liked it. Okay. okay. <laughs> it had more of an action vibe than previous games. Okay. Though. Well, maybe that's why I liked it, but also I, I think I liked the levels. I thought it had some pretty cool levels. So. I think um, Dust was good, but I thought it just yeah. looked good. It, w- it wasn't that memorable to yeah. play. The cutscenes were a little, little weak, like the drawing looked i don't know the drawings uh the animation style like the characters looked a little weird in the cutscenes but there weren't too many cutscenes in that game but otherwise yeah i really like the combat and sort of like the hand-drawn like animations of the combat yeah. but exactly was that vanillaware right who did that I don't, it wasn't vanilla i think it was just some small indie but it um, looked like a vanillaware game kind mm. of um all right so the next so uh, hitman absolution moves on to face persona 4 in the next round uh ftl and twisted metal so this must be twisted metal and from 2012. That must be the PS2 the PS3 one. Got to be PS2, right? Yeah. So wouldn't was that it? be Twisted Metal Black? It might be. No, there was they re they redid a they did a new one. Remember? What, they, oh yeah, they, Twisted Metal on on PS3. Yeah, yeah I was getting the consoles confused. Yeah, because yeah, it was like the E3 before that. They rolled out the Sweet Tooth truck, his truck. And they were, yeah, oh, it came out on PS. This, this is PS3. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that automatically gets my vote. What about you, Dan? So how are we doing this again? If somebody, if you haven't played it, either one. You, or... For the most part, I would say vote for the one you've played, unless you hated it. Then I guess you could abstain. I've, if you I've not played either one. So. Okay, well, I've only played FTL, so that's the one that would get my vote. Just a medal for me. So it's one to one, Dan. Oh, so just pick one. All right. Well, I'll pick Twisted Metal then. All right. I'm not mad about that because FTL wasn't amazing, but I did like it. It's like a little strategy, fast-paced strategy, roguelike game. Um, all right. Next up for our play-in games is Need for Speed Most Wanted and Prototype 2. Prototype 2 for me. Most only, Wanted was a good one. I only played Prototype 2 a little bit. 
and I thought it was fun. It was fine. It was. Yeah, but this most wanted from 2012 is the one that was like okay. Most wanted from 2005 is the uh, one that was like amazing. Yeah. Sorry, that's the one I'm thinking of. So never mind. All right, so let's just give it to Prototype Two. Sure. Prototype um, Two is actually really good for like a super super villain type game. I mean, Infamous uh, is way better, but. Next up is Sign Mora, which I think is an arcade-type shooter, if I remember correctly, going up against Uncharted Golden Abyss. I'm going to refresh this here to, while we think about it. Um, and I don't think I played Sign Mora. If I did, I don't remember it. But I do remember liking, not loving, Golden Abyss. I liked it. Uncharted. I'm vote, yeah, Uncharted. Uncharted. I didn't. That's the only Uncharted I didn't finish, but I did play a lot of it. It was fun to play that in handheld. It was like, wow, this looks pretty good on a Vita. Not amazing, but pretty. The, good. Um, the back controls though were ridiculously and uh, stupid. Just yes, they were. Yeah, yeah, the little, like the touchpad on the back. Yeah, that that was just dumb. Agreed. <laughs> totally agree. Uh, next up, uh, number twenty-eight is Call of Duty Black Ops Two going up against number thirty-seven Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. I mean. <laughs> I really liked Black Ops 2. Sure. Um, I mean, I'm going to pick Final Fantasy. I mean, it's obviously the 13 trilogy is not my favorite, but I'm still picking that one. So it's one-to-one, Derek. Which one moves on? Black Ops 2? Final Fantasy. All right. Final Fantasy 13 2 moves on. A surprise from Derek Teague. Um, Hotline Miami or Zombie U? And so Zombie U is, of course, the Wii U game. Oh, Zombie U. For, it was a Wii U exclusive for a long time. Now it's, of course, out on other platforms. Uh, but I'm a big fan of Hotline Miami, both the aesthetic and the gameplay. I loved it. So that's my pick. Uh-oh. Dan? Well, I, I have actually never played Zombie U, but I, I, I really do like Hotline Miami as well. So. Hotline Miami takes the win. Sorry, Zombie U. You guys suck. Uh, <laughs> Sleeping Dogs or Resident Evil Revelations? So I'll cast oh. my vote here first. I've played a little bit of both mm. of them. Sleeping Dogs is way more up my alley in terms of the type of game. And I also really liked the story of what I played so far. I never finished that game, but I'm going to go with Sleeping Dogs for my pick. Okay. Both are actually, like, could be in my top, easily top ten for the year. So it's annoying I have to vote one of them out. I'm going to go with Revelations just because I've beat it, like, three times. And it's Leave one it. of my favorite Resident Evil games. Leaving it to Dan again. To make the tiebreaker. Yeah, I, I've platinum Sleeping Dogs, and I never finished Revelations, but I, I really do like Revelations more. Um, I like the setting a lot. I think it's pretty unique. On Is it a cruise ship specifically, right? Yeah. That's the type of ship it is? Yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. that was really cool. So the monster's not, like, super yeah, interesting, not, but... They were okay, but... All right, yeah. so Revelations takes it? Yes. All right. Resident Evil Revelations will move on. We've got uh, number 26, New Super Mario Bros. U. I'm going to try not to color this with my experience with the deluxe version, which I thought was great on the Switch, but I don't know. I, I kind of have to, I guess. Or Spec Ops The Line. You know what's funny? These are two games that I had <laughs> skipped back in 2012, and I've played them both this year. I was going to say, they're also very polar opposites. So yeah. As far as the vibe. <laughs> they are. Uh, so I've played both of these recently, finished both of them this year. So, uh, have you guys played them both, and which ones would you pick? I play both. I'm going Spec Ops. Yeah, I mean, Mario's fantastic, but Spec Ops is, is special, for I sure. I agree with that. Yeah. 
That is a if it was like 3D world, I would pick 3D world, but it's, yeah, it's I liked New Super Mario Brothers U. I liked it a lot, but Spec Ops Line was a one a very unique experience. It was a very unique story for a, a what looked like it could have been just a standard military shooter, and it is not if you haven't no. played it. Uh, Dark Siders 2 or Resident Evil 6? Ooh, oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> Dark Siders 2 was the 23rd highest ranked game on Metacritic, uh, not counting you know duplicates and stuff and re-releases. And Resident Evil 6 was 42nd. Yeah, that's tough because Resident Evil 6 is just. Whew, that's. I'm one of the rare people that liked Resident Evil 6, so vote that. I picked Dark Siders 2. Well, as. I... As one would usually, as you would usually say, Derek, trash. You're trash because you like trash. <laughs> well, I will say, Darksiders Two is probably the best Darksiders. It's a really good game. Yeah. But Resident Evil Six was. My All right, Dan, it's down to you again. I mean, I I actually haven't played Darksiders Two, so I guess technically I would have to give it to Six, but. But I do I, recommend you try Darksiders Two. It's cheap yeah. on like every platform. It's really good. Resident Evil 6, to be fair, the Leon story arc was not bad because it had the more traditional RE vibes. Okay. So. All right. Um, Gravity Rush or Kingdom Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning? Ooh. Oh, that's easy. Kingdom. Um, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kingdom of Amalur Reckoning. Uh, yeah, you guys are killing me. Uh, they were ranked pretty closely on Metacritic. The Gravity Rush is very special. Yeah, it's very trash. So just like your face. I think Kingdom of oh, Kingdom face. Oh, let me stretch wins. it out. Yeah, it looks like trash. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sure. Kingdoms of Amalur moves on. And the last play-in matchup is Kid Icarus Uprising, the 3DS kind of relaunch of that series, which is a little bit of a, a shooter. It was kind of a third-person shooter. If you, I don't know if you guys have ever played that one. Or yeah. Dragon's Dog, which is one that I played for the first time this year. And liked a lot. So I've played both of these. They're kind of unique. Um, neither one of them would make my top list for this particular year. But I'm going to go with Dragon's Dogma for this one. I think that game is pretty underrated. It was overlooked, and I'm glad it got a re-release. Yeah. Uh, I'm Dragon's Dogma all the way. That's a top I, ten game. What you, do you have a pick? Absolutely. absolutely. Climbing monsters. Just cutting, cutting off limbs and other various things. Because... Yep. The combat's super fun in that game. I mean, come on. Really? Oh, I missed. There's one more matchup. Forza Horizon or The Unfinished Swan. This isn't even close, and I have played both. Horizon. Forza Horizon. <laughs> Dan, Dan, have you played both? I mean, uh, no. I'm not super into racing games. Um, I did play Unfinished Swan, and I did like it. Okay. I'm sure you did. We'll go ahead and give it a I mean, vote. I just said I did, so yes. I'm I, played sure the, I played the Unfinished one, and I didn't like it. And this was even when I was first starting to really get into, like, all indie games are great, and they all tell a story, and it's the heart of the developer, and wow, this is amazing. And I couldn't get into that one. It's so brave that they draw everything looking nice. You know, it's so brave. It's is brave. It all right, well, Forza Horizon moves on. All right, we are now in round two. We've gotten rid of all the play-in games. Let's start at the top here. We have Persona 4 Golden going up against Hitman Absolution. I'm still devastated about Gravity Rush. You guys are just terrible. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to vote the way people expect me to vote. Hitman Absolution. 
I know the one that Games Media tells me I should like more, but <laughs> all right, all right. I'm glad right. I can think for myself, and I'm not a piece of shit. I can't, I can't decide yet. Are honestly. you sure? I thought both were really good. Dan, what do you, what do you think? Well, I'm gonna go with what is the better game, and that's Persona 4 Golden. So. I put so, in a lot yeah. of time on this game on my Vita, like way more than I expected to, and Hitman Absolution is not, in my opinion even close to the best Hitman game. So I'm going to go with Persona 4 on this one. Yeah, you totally should, because you're part of games media. You <laughs> Let's can't think get... for yourself. You're just a group thinker. Except oh, they I told don't me get... it's good. They told no, me it's Tim, good. Tim, tell the little trumpet over I there. Played I played it. I played it. Actually, that was, this was a game that, when I did more traveling than I do now, of course, uh, I played this one on, I can think of at least three airplane rides that I played a lot of Persona 4 Golden. I liked that, that game. Tell that, white, tell that white man over there to quiet <laughs> I liked it. Like, that game is worthy of recognition. Not my favorite yeah. of the year. But. Hey, Tim, you keep convincing yourself. All uh, right. Little Big Planet on Vita <laughs> or Halo 4. Uh, Halo 4 for me. Halo 4. I mean, I don't care about Halo at all, so I pick Little Big Planet, but that doesn't matter. So. <laughs> Still fun to pick it, though, right? Yeah. All right, so Halo 4 will move on. Those Voting were is fun. Um... <laughs> Yeah, just ask everyone who voted in November. Um, <laughs> Mark of the Ninja, which was the eighth highest ranked uh, Metacritic game of the year, again uh, going up against Twisted Metal, the PS3. Twisted Metal. I don't even know what Mark of the... That sounds very familiar, but that's I can't that pick... Clay. It was made by Clay, K-L-E-I. It's a side-scrolling... Um, that's, that's my pick, is Mark of the Ninja. It's an amazing side-scrolling stealth game. It's really good. Yeah. Have you played either one? No, I have not. Well, then we have to go... Oh. Tiebreaker is Metacritic score. Ah, okay, so there we go. Because I picked Twisted Metal before and I haven't played it, so I shouldn't have picked it. But it is what it is. All right. Far Cry 3 up against Prototype 2. Far I mean, Cry... for, for me, Far Cry 3 defined what Far Cry yeah, is now. So absolutely. Far Cry 3 all day, every day. Yeah. Derek, which one would you have picked, even though Far Cry 3 already wins? Uh, uh, I like both a lot, but I I would vote Far Cry 3. All right, so Far Cry 3 moves on. If it'll save. Apologies, sometimes it gets stuck and I have to refresh and then do it again. All right, next up is going to be Journey or Uncharted Golden Abyss. <laughs> Literally sure. could be Journey versus actual dog shit, and I would vote for dog shit. <laughs> Jesus. I didn't realize you're so racist against journeys. What's your problem with people <laughs> venturing off into the sunset? And that is the most life? overhyped garbage ever. It's not garbage, but I didn't like it. Dan, what about you? Which would you know you what's pick? you know what's garbage? Your use of the word garbage because you use it all the time. Why don't you think of a different word? <laughs> so you're voting Uncharted. Correct? No, I'm picking Journey. So. Of course you would. Yeah, I'm all picking... our listeners know what. Dumb stuff you're going to vote for. I am picking Uncharted. Journey, I thought, was super overrated. Oh, it was so good. Trash. I will never, Beautiful. ever forget GameSpot making a video talking about how just so amazing how they incorporate co-op play even though you don't know you're playing with anybody. So it's not co-op, you moron. I'm well, not I mean, it anybody. is, but... I'm not cooperating. Co-op is cooperating. I'm not cooperating with anybody. <laughs> Shut up, GameSpot. What, Shut up. What I All right, next people. up, 
what I don't get with that game is people saying that they cried over it. I, I didn't get emotional about it. But. So that's that's where I got annoyed by this game. It's pro- okay. I'm probably unfairly annoyed by Journey because of the media I listened to around it. When I finally played it, I was like, yeah, that was interesting. Didn't love it. Mm. Didn't know. I don't know why you cry. It was average at best. It, could it be trash? No, because it doesn't. It's not broken. But it was like completely pointless, and all the stuff that they praised it for the only thing you could praise it for is it is beautiful like you can't take away from how pretty visually very cool looking that's it it did nothing fun gameplay wise it did nothing unique just because other people are playing the game while you're playing it but you're not actually doing anything with them it's nothing special it was stupid i said it was average at best right that's what i said well i said that's what she said to you so oh (laughs) Assassin's Creed 3 gets my This is Fez or Assassin's Creed 3. Nobody uh, should support Fez or anybody who created Fez. Well, that one guy, right? Yeah, that one dumb idiot. Fez was a very creative, had a very creative gameplay hook, but... One hit wonder, cry baby. I I will pick Assassin's Creed 3. Yeah, I'm I'm picking Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed 3. Uh, so we got a couple of upsets, of course, already. The biggest upset being Uncharted Golden Abyss over Journey, which, by the way, I do want to at least give Golden Abyss some love. Although it's not my favorite Uncharted game, for a it was one of the best looking at the time, at least handheld oh, games. Oh yeah, it was good looking. Um, I'm with you, Dan, yeah. on the, the back buttons not being the best, but yeah. overall, it told a really good story. It was fully voice acted. Um, it had all kind of the action adventure that you want from an Uncharted game. It was really a it just solid. Had a lot game. of attack tacked on bull crap to well, utilize yeah. the Vita. They had the touch screen, they had the touch yeah, pad on the back. It was like, just really annoying. That's why I stopped playing it. Alright, next up we've got two RPGs facing off. We've got Xenoblade Chronicles going up against Final Fantasy 13 Part 2. So one that's actually good and one that's overrated trash. Oh, I don't know which one you're talking about though. Uh, I'm going to go with Xenoblade Chronicles. I think that's a much much better game. But what do you think, guys? What are you? Xenoblade. Okay, there you go. Well, hold Dan. on. So which one's the overrated one? <laughs> Final Fantasy. I don't well, think it's overrated. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. No, um, def- yeah. Xenoblade Chronicles. I know it's blasphemous for me to not pick Final Fantasy, but Xenoblade Chronicles is definitely the better game. So. All right. So Xenoblade takes that one. Uh, Guild Wars 2, which I actually did play a lot of, going up against Hotline Miami. Okay. Do you guys play either of these? I, I mean, Hotline, Daniel, yes. You played Hotline, right? I never played Guild Wars, though. It always looked cool. Did you ever play I mean, My vote goes to the Metacritic. Because you haven't played either, really? No. All right. Well, I'd pick Guild Wars anyway, and I played both a lot. I think Guild Wars 2 was one of the best MMOs. It was really, really good. It became kind of free-to-play to microtransaction-y kind of early on in its life, but at first it was really fun. I had a blast with it. So Guild Wars 2 will move on. Mass Effect 3 and Resident Evil oh Revelations. <laughs> Two of my favorite have to fight right now. Yeah, we I had mean, to get a gravity rush for Dan earlier. Let them you're, fight. You're literally putting my favorite Mass Effect, well, Andromeda is now my favorite, but my favorite from the original trilogy against my favorite Resident Evil game. We might be able to make it easy. I don't know which one Dan will pick, but I'm picking Mass Effect 3 here, having played not... Having not finished either of these, I can tell you Mass Effect 3 was a well, fun experience. I'll just place my vote then, and then maybe the, then you could just make your decision. I pick Resident Evil. <laughs> Uh-oh. You got to break the tie, Teague. 
Uh, I'll go Wonder Mass War. Effect. There's no way I'm letting Mass Effect 3 lose. I think that's like my favorite game from 2012. It was the second highest uh, scored game from 2012 as well, according to Metacritic. So, all right. Uh, Diablo 3 or Max Payne 3? Max Payne 3 for me. I'm Diablo 3 on this one. Diablo. El Diablo. Max Payne was a really good game. Who owns that IP now? Does Rockstar own that? It's Rockstar, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't was always there, there, there as well. No, it, wasn't, it was uh, Remedy. Remedy, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, Borderlands 2 and Spec Ops The Line. This is a no-brainer for me. As impressed as I was with Spec Ops The Line, Borderlands 2 is amazing. So that's yeah, my... Yeah, I'm, I'm Borderlands 2 as well. Oof, Jesus Christ. <laughs> do, you like, do, you not, apart. do you not like Borderlands 2? I mean, the Borderlands series is fine. I just think it's kind of immature, to be honest. But but so you you were you would have picked Spec Ops here, huh? Yes, yes. All right. Maybe immature makes it sound like I'm being super pretentious. I just don't think the writing is that great. <laughs> That's fair, but I will say this: Spec Ops: The Line, while it has great storytelling and really interesting story, not the best gameplay. So Borderlands 2, for me, the reason I pick it is not because the writing is better. I think the gameplay is just way better. The looting is super fun. Spec Ops The Line gameplay is mediocre. It's fine. Mm. It's a it's a cover-based third-person shooter. It's fine. It's the story and what it makes awesome. you do. I, I also infinitely prefer third-person over first-person all the time. So. That too. That's fair. All right, Trials Evolution going up against RE6. Oh, this is just... Resident Evil 6 for me. That's not even hard. I mean, that's what she said. That's what she said. All right, well, I'm all in on Trials games, so I'm picking Trials over RE6 here. I don't like how far RE6 is going. I don't think it deserves it, but I'm picking RE6. So. <laughs> Man, Trials Evolution is a great game. Yeah, well, it now is, you know how I feel with Gravity Rush. So. But it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I feel like those games are like cool for like 30 seconds. I get really hooked on those. Um, although yeah. the the latest one, the latest one does feel like oh they really haven't done much to the formula since the beginning. But I love the fun Evol- formula. Yeah, evolution was I think kind of the the peak. It was really, really like good. Resident Evil Five and Six get crapped on, and I understand why. But they're both like if you just play them as co op fun, they're actually really good games. Like they're just fun co op games. Playing them solo, they're still good. But they're not Resident Evil. But as a co-op game, they're really fun. Well, I don't think it's going to make it past the next round anyway, so we don't have to worry too much longer. <laughs> um, all right, then we have the Walking Dead Telltale series going up against Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. So, so which would you pick between these two? Walking Dead has a great story, and I actually really, really like that franchise. In fact, I... I think I played earlier this year the final season, and I praised the hell out of it, especially yeah. the way they finished it off. But I'm still going to vote Kingdoms of Amalur because it's actually fun to play. Dude, I don't know. The Walking Dead Season 1 is always going to hold a special place in my heart as like a new way to do adventure game, video game storytelling. So I'm all in on this. This is Season 1. This is the Lee and... and yeah. um, so it's 1-1. One, one. It's yeah. up to Dan. Yeah. I pick Walking Dead. Well, you can go. Fix, suck my... Kurt Schilling doesn't deserve to win. Oh, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> All right, we've got uh, Torchlight 2 and Spelunky. Um, let me vote real quick because I'm going to go get a drink. Torchlight 2. 
Yeah, you know, so Spelunky had some interesting things it did for that roguelike genre. It really kind of set the standard for a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But it's just not my favorite style of game, visuals, and I don't really like roguelites that much. It has to be a special hook in that roguelite for me to like it. So I picked Torchlight 2. I thought it was kind of a fun Diablo knockoff. I thought Torchlight 2 was fun. So I, haven't played, I haven't played either one. So. Okay, so you got to go with Metacritic, so Torchlight takes it. Um, doo, doo, doo. there we go. So Torchlight takes out Spelunky. All right, next up, we're, we got two more matchups here in this second round, and then we're going to get to the, to the quarterfinals. So we've got Dishonored and Dragon's Dogma. So Dis- again, Dragon's Dogma is one of my favorite of from that year, but Dishonored is an absolutely great game. But I'm going to go with Dragon's Dogma. Dan? Dragon's Dogma is the correct answer. Oh, my word. You guys are nuts. I, I would pick... <laughs> I'm picking Dishonored, but I'm losing. I can't believe it. That was going to be possibly one I would fight for for best of the year. That's crazy. Well, there you go. There you go. Dishonored is gone. Number six of the year, knocked out by number 38. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do like Dragon's Dogma, though, so I'm not mad well, about that Well, that means that 37 games were placed above it that shouldn't have been it's really number one <laughs> right Aspect three yeah. got it yeah. got it uh xcom enemy unknown or forza horizon i think xcom is one of the best turn-based strategy games out there even now i still think it holds up the original version as an amazing yeah but stuff. forza horizon is one of the Are best racers it? ever huh? yep so I'm, I'm going xcom what are you picking derek forza Dan, you played either of these? I haven't played either one. So so XCOM wins the tiebreaker as 11th as opposed to 22. Thanks, Games Media, for <laughs> screwing it up yet no, they, again. They, they got it right. They got it right. No. All right, so we are on to round three, which is essentially operating as our quarterfinals, I guess. All right, so in round three, we have the matchup of number one, Persona 4 Golden, going up against another fourth in the series, and that is Halo 4. So this is disappointing because I know Halo 4 is going to lose, but this is, to me, the best Halo. I think Halo 5 plays the best, but Halo 4 is the best Halo, so I'm voting Halo 4. Dan? Persona. This is legitimately tough for me, and I want to give a shout-out. don't know if he still listens or not, but to my buddy Nate Bacon, who actually sent me a copy of Halo 4 a long time ago when he heard I had never played it, and I played it through. This is probably two years ago, maybe, and I really do like it a lot. But Persona 4 Golden is just one of those best RPGs ever type things. So that's getting my vote. So when are you guys uh, getting hired on like to GameSpot or ID or something? Because you guys are definitely, you know, woke. <laughs> woke gamers. Like very soon. <laughs> uh, very Japan soon. always wins, my friend. Japan always Just wins. be glad that I fought against Persona 5 Royal being nominated this year because that would have won again. Every category. Even categories it's not nominated for. We're all allowed to make mistakes, all right? It's fine. <laughs> all right, so next up, we've got number eight versus number nine. Classic matchup if you ever watch NCAA basketball tournaments. Uh, Mark of the Ninja going up against Far Cry 3. Which one would you pick? Mark of the Ninja, Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3. I. Oh, this is actually tough for me. Dan, are you picking Far Cry 3 also? Because you yeah. haven't played Mark of the Ninja? Yeah, but Far Cry 3 is my... Far Cry 3 is still my favorite Far Cry. 
So. Nah, it's my second favorite. I still this, think Far Cry 5 is the best. <clears throat> so Far Cry 3 wins. For me personally, I would have picked Mark of the Ninja just barely. But that's just because I spent a ton of time with it and love it. But Far Cry 3 is awesome. Um, I just want right. to say before you announce this next matchup, yeah. this is the stuff that annoys me. This next matchup, like, we've eliminated games that destroy <laughs> both of these games. But we've had to eliminate them just because... That's how brackets work. Draw. Yeah, well, screw this crap. This is games media <laughs> screwing us again. It helps oh, it's us. Actually, we it's actually Tim's a, tournament game. If we were doing like a standard ranking like we do for Game of the Year stuff, this would take like an hour and a half. So I'm well, trying to make this more of a 20 when minutes. I, like, when I bash games media, I'm looping Tim in it. He's literally games media now. I, I really am. I get paid. You are a libtard. I get paid really well for it, too. I see him hanging out with Altano all the time. and Greg Absolutely. Greg yeah, I, I, didn't get, I didn't get banned from Beyond or anything. Yeah, I'm well loved over there. Um Uncharted Golden Abyss going up against Assassin's Creed 3. And I do agree with you, Derek. There are games that were kicked out that would have beat both of these for me. But I got to go with Assassin's Creed 3. Specifically, the modern day stuff in this game I thought was really good. It's very memorable. It's a combination. Yeah. Like, I hate on this one because out of all the Assassin's Creed, it's probably my least favorite. But it's still Still a good good Assassin's Creed game. So I'm going to vote for Assassin's Creed. Is that you too, Dan? Ass ass all day. There it is. I'm an ass man. All right. Um, wow. <laughs> you guys ever like Billy Gunn? From no, WWF? that was just your opinion, Tim. We get it. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. You, no one else watched WWF yes. before it was called WWE? Yes. Okay. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles and Guild Wars 2. I put a good amount of time into both of these. Xenoblade Chronicles, um, not until Xenoblade. this year. But I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to pick Xenoblade 2. Xenoblades. All right, so that one takes Guild Wars out, which I think is still running, by the way. Guild Wars Two, if you're interested. It's a free oh game. yeah, I think all those games stay alive forever. Um, all right, Mass Effect Three or Diablo Three? Uh, for me, it's easy. Mass Effect Three. Dan. Diablo. Uh, I gotta go with Mass Effect Three. I do like Diablo Three a lot, but Mass Effect. Well, we're not supposed to like Blizzard anymore, right? Everyone's mad at Blizzard, so. Yeah, because they're racist or something. Well, we're not supposed to like Bioware either. I don't know. I don't know who I'm allowed to like anymore. <laughs> All right, but yeah, Mass Effect Three. Although I didn't play it a ton, I ended up watching a lot of YouTube catch-up videos before Andromeda. So I'm very impressed with what they did with that story. <clears throat> um, Borderlands Two, Resident <laughs> Evil Six. I hate uh, this. Borderlands Two. <laughs> I hate this. And I, hate I, I hate everything about this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pick, pick Resident Evil still. I like that you. this is like your least favorite Resident Evil, and you've had to vote for it with every matchup. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Actually, I don't, I don't know if it's your least favorite or not, but I can tell you don't love it. I'd have to think about it. I don't know. It might actually... Well, it's yeah. not my least favorite, but it's probably objectively the worst. Yeah, worst I, than I, I, five? Yeah. Uh, I like five way more than six. Way more. Five is definitely less horror overall. Um, it's definitely the most action y out of all the Resident Evils, but. Well, I'm voting for Borderlands 2 there, so RE6, the Cinderella run is over for the number 42nd game. Somehow it made it that far. Barely made it on the list at all. <laughs> all right. 
uh, Walking Dead Telltale series and Torchlight 2. This isn't very close for me. Walking Dead for me on this one. Walking Dead for me. All right. You know what's Walking Dead right now? Torchlight 2. That's what... Torchlight 2 was a fun game. Torchlight 3, I've heard, not so fun. Just came out this fall. I uh, haven't played it, though. Uh, Dragon's Dogma going up Dragons. against XCOM. Dragons. Well, so, Dan, this is another matchup of your favorite genre against not your favorite genre. So I can see you picking Dragon's Dogma here, yeah. too, huh? Dragon's Dogma, yeah. Well, that one keeps winning, even though I keep voting against it. I, I do like it, but I'm picking XCOM here, but I'm getting outvoted. It's all so. about that Capcom, Timmy. Capcom Dragon's Dogma day. moves on. Knock- so far, Dragon's Dogma has knocked off Kid Icarus, Dishonored, and XCOM. You have no idea how high high I rate this game. Like Dragon's Dogma is probably, I'm going to say it's top three. I just want to say this again for the listeners. Dragon's Dogma has knocked off Dishonored and XCOM for the best <laughs> game of 2012. And I had nothing to do with either of those. Okay. All right. We are down to eight games. Eight games uh, left. Here we go. Uh, Persona 4 Golden and Far Cry 3. Is the run of the number one game over? No, Derek. not as long as Games Media exists. <laughs> Far Cry 3. Why, why is it always Games Media? I don't Dance. Even... Persona 4. I'm going to pick Far Cry 3 here. Oof. About time. I'm just getting swayed. Getting swayed by the anti-games media. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Sometimes it's just a gut feeling, you know, and I just enjoy Far Cry three more. I think that's called diarrhea time. You should go to the bathroom. Yeah, I need to go. You guys continue. Yeah. Um Assassin's Creed three or Xenoblade Chronicles. Not even close. Get it out of here. Xenoblade Chronicle. Agreed. Dan? Yeah, Xenoblade, yeah. All right. Bye bye. Assassin's Creed 3. I don't, I don't know how that one made it that far to me. Yeah. It's all about I mean, the 20, 20th ranked isn't bad, but it 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 got lucky with its matchups. Yep. It's all about the matchups. Here we go. Here's a this is a big one. This might be the biggest matchup yet, and that's Mass Effect 3 and Borderlands 2. Uh, for me it's Mass Effect 3, but I do love Borderlands 2. I'm picking Borderlands 2 here. Of course you would. <laughs> I know what Dan's picking. Which uh, which one, Tim? Mass Effect 3. That's correct. Yeah. Because I Borderlands, don't think it's... Borderlands 2 is too immature for you. <laughs> I don't think Mass Effect 3 is a bad game. Oh, the ending. No, no, the, the ending is so I bad. Think they did some cool stuff with the story. I just like Borderlands 2 better. Yeah. Uh, Walking Dead, a Telltale series, going up against Dragon's Dogma. Dragon's Dogma. Walking Dead. I'm actually surprised he keeps picking Dragon's Dogma. I just keep going. You pick Dragon's Dogma too? Oh yeah, absolutely, dude. Dragon's Dogma is so like they, aside from the voice acting in that game, like because you have your little companion dudes and they like repeat the same crap over and over, and it's actually kind of annoying. Um, that game is just unbelievably excellent. Like the climbing is super cool. Like it is really fun. If they make if they can make a sequel with that, with like some of their because Capcom has some pretty nice engines like the resident evil games are really nice looking like uh, just a really nice looking dragon's dogma 2 is just gonna be it's gonna be awesome. say, uh, the switch version actually holds up quite well so if you have the a other switch, reason why i like dragon's dogma a lot is first of all you create your own character and then you create sure. like a co-op buddy for your character 
Right. But then I love the fact, this was my favorite part, that I could play with my friends' characters as well. Like, you go into this, like, little portal, and my friend's character would show up, and yeah. let's say they're, like, level 95, and my character's a level 30. I could recruit their level 95 character to be on my team, and they would obliterate everybody. Mm. Like, it was just gotcha. cool that you, you could interact with other people's characters, and they would actually be in your game. Yeah. So, Recruiting them, yeah. Yep. That's fair. This game has held up very well and been given a lot of luck. Like, it's it's grown in its following over the years. How we don't have a Dragon's Dogma 2, I do not understand. I know, but there's, well, a, there's a Netflix show out for it. Like, there's yeah, a lot. I of heard it's not very good. I it's haven't good. watched it. The, um, the, the dude made uh, DMC5. That's why we haven't seen a Dragon's Dogma 2 yet. So. I think we might see one. I think the yeah, recent... Well, the rumor was they were creating, like, a cell phone game or something. Yeah. Or they already launched it. I don't know. I never played it. Whatever it was. Well, it is by far the lowest ranked to make it to the final four, which is <laughs> Far Cry 3, Xenoblade Chronicles, Mass Effect 3, and Dragon's Dogma. Um, just want to recap the Cinderella run of Dragon's Dogma real quick. It beat Kid Icarus, which I think is fine, although Kid Icarus was ranked ahead of it. I still think that's a good pick. I like Dragon's Dogma. Then it beat Dishonored, which I think is questionable at best. Um, <laughs> and then it beat XCOM, which is possibly even more questionable than the Dishonored defeat. I don't know. It's close. And then it beat Walking Dead, which was a lot of places Game of the Year picks. And it was yeah, one well, of my favorites of the year as well. Can't like, believe it beat that. Like this fellow over here talking about games media. You know, they told you to like They told, they like told me to game. like it. Okay. Yeah, they said, "Hey, right. the lead character going up against Mass yeah. Effect Three, and I am very curious what you guys, you two Bioware <laughs> boys, will pick here: Mass Effect Three or Dragon's Dogma? Which one?" I already, makes it I already know how Daniel's gonna vote. Sure. What about you? I have to go Mass Effect Three. Oof. Yeah. All right. Well, see you later, Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> you I pick, pick Dragon's Dogma, but. Well, I'm picking Mass Effect 3 because yeah, exactly. this is crazy. <laughs> All right. Isn't so voting fun and not fraudulent? <laughs> well, we can actually track our votes. This is about as fair as it gets. Sure. Although I do think Jeff Woodman is trying to mail in his votes right now as we do this show. So <laughs> I don't really trust our results. Yeah, there's someone parking their RV outside our counting booth. Yeah. All right. Um, Far Cry 3 or Xenoblade Chronicles? Uh, I'm going like Xenoblade. I think it's one of the best RPGs ever made. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I mean, we wrongfully got rid of Persona, so, I mean, it's gotta be Xenoblade, so... Yeah, I'm Xenoblade. Uh, Xenoblade is actually a good game. Persona 4 is an amazing game. I mean, All right. it's so amazing. I, I know so you were familiar with the talk to high school characters. I thought the only G word you knew was garbage, or trash. trash. Well, actually, you say trash, never mind. <laughs> All right, so before we pick our champion between Xenoblade and Mass Effect 3, what about third place? Do we want to go Far Cry 3 or Dragon's Dogma for third place? How about Double D's, baby? Double D's! Motorboat it. I'd pick uh, Far Cry 3 here. Of course you would. Motorboat that W for Double D's. (laughs) Yeah, what, 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 what my boy said over there with the D's. All right, so Dragon's Dogma takes third place. Derek's all about the D's, just coming at him, just all up in his face. (laughs) Here we go with the final (laughs) matchup. Xenoblade Chronicles or Mass Effect 3? 
So I, I know they're it's gonna lose, but I'm gonna vote Mass Effect three. Well, I'm I mean, gonna vote. I'm gonna vote Xenoblade Chronicles. Oh, okay. No, it's I, definitely gonna lose. I thought you were. I thought you were gonna vote Mass Effect, Tim. I, I vote Xenoblade as well. So. No, because he he only played like two seconds of it. He's a I fake gamer. I didn't play it enough. I just don't love the gameplay of those games. You know, there's a lot of similarities awesome. between you and that orange guy just shouting things. You know, just this <laughs> happened. Get out of here with your stupid fake votes. Get him out of here. So there we go. Based on the bracket matchups, which I realize are annoying and unfair, but hey, thankfully we got through that entire bracket of 44 games in 30 minutes. Being serious for once, there is clearly voter fraud. Like Mass Effect (laughs) 3 for the one. There's voter fraud. This is voter fraud. I mean, depends on what you talk I don't think anyone knows what voter fraud means anymore. (laughs) All right. Xenoblade I think it's it's a bunch of white people thinking that unless you're white, you shouldn't be allowed to vote, or then it's fraudulent. So. <laughs> so there you go. There's the final results. First place, Xenoblade. Second place, Mass Effect 3. And third place, Dragon's Dogma. I'm 100% okay with all three of those. I would switch Mass Effect. Actually, I would move Drag- Drag- Dragon's Dogma to number two, too, but I, I still think those are three worthy games i haven't taken time to really rank mine for this year i was just looking at the matchups one at a time but i think for me stuff like walking dead and dishonored and XCOM would be in my top five uh i don't know what would be number one uh, uh borderlands Borla- 2 is up there i yeah. think i would have twisted metal up high i would have borderlands 2 up higher Resident Evil Revelations up higher. So I have... There, 2012 is like a big year for me. It's a good year. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, what about you? What are some of your favorites, regardless of ranking, unless you know exactly what your rank Halo is? Halo 4, well, too. Poor one out for uh, Gravity Rush. Gravity Rush, yep. And Golden, uh, Persona 4 Golden. Okay. So, yeah, I'd say those two were missing. Final Fantasy 13 2 was fun. Like, combat wise i actually enjoyed it um just the story is just so all over the place you, you introduce time traveling stuff into a into like this middle game which who knows who knows if it was even meant to actually be a trilogy from the beginning or not because then yeah. they turned it into a trilogy of games but yeah it's just the story is just all over the place so yep yep but cool yeah 2012 was a big year that's a good one um and i know i think it was probably you know, if we continue on this series, if we decide to rank 2013, 2014, those had some good games. But it's not till, in my opinion, we get to years like 2015 that it gets a lot tougher. That's actually the first year that Derek and I uh, ranked our favorite games of the year. Was okay. early in 2016, we did our favorites from 2015. Oh, Stuff okay. like Bloodborne and Witcher 3 and Rocket League all came out in 2015. Which is oh. crazy, that's six years ago that stuff came out can i just real quick mention with rocket league i don't know if you guys have like played it more recently i don't know if because it's gone free to play there's just way more people in there now and but like people are super annoying when like i the past few matches that i've been playing people are just flying all over the place and no one's being a team player everyone's just flying towards the ball just run what level do you play at i mean i just i always just play exhibition i don't do like ranked or anything oh you gotta play ranked I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to. 
I just I don't want to. I don't. I mean, if I'm you can't make me. If you want to play with decent players, you got to play ranked. So I play at platinum two. Sometimes I drop to one. Um, I know the mature thing to say is I drop to one because I play poorly, <laughs> but I'm not mature. So I drop to one <laughs> and I get stuck with shit teammates. All I'm but, all I'm saying is like under people understand the basic concept of a team sport right so like no clearly, if i'm in front of you players have gotten bad even on platinum level okay well like there are more players that i'm like dude i'll be playing during the day and i'll be like are you home from school like <laughs> what are what am i playing with right now like i'll get mad and i'll start talking to myself out loud like what are you doing well it's like, it's like any it's like any team-based online game even call sure. of duty games can be this way where it's people are more concerned about their personal stats but, than they are about the overall but with call of duty like you're running around and you're shooting people and it's fine like it, it's it's a fast game you're gonna you're gonna get shot unless you're just really really good but like with rocket league it's it's basically soccer with a little rc car like you have to work together if you, you want to score goals like you can't just be that's one that's why i like it over like shooters because shooters yeah. most of the time it's not really team based. Yeah, two of my it's sons, really... uh, Thad and Kale, they're playing Rocket League a lot these days, and they're really they're really enjoying it. I think with it going to free to play, there's some stuff that I don't like about it, but I also can't fault Psyonix for choosing to go yeah. this way after you know five plus years on the market. It makes sense. Yeah. I just um, I just figured because obviously free to play, literally now anyone can play. Well, it's because Epic more now people are playing. Or yeah. Whatever. But like people clearly are just hopping in and like I can tell they're good because like they can do the aerial stuff. And it's like to me, that's kind of like the the high bar is if you can do all the aerial stuff. But like just everyone's just flying at the ball. It's like, Jesus Christ, I'm in front of you. I'm clearly going for the ball. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, the, the folks who can air dribble and then take a shot. That's yeah. where I'm kind of like, all right, you're way better than me. I'm out yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> yep, pretty much. So, all right, well, that will do it for us for this week. Next week, we've got a couple guests joining us, and we'll dive into part one of three of our Game of the Year debate. So make sure you tune in for that, especially if you voted. You want to listen to see if your name gets drawn, because if you don't claim it within that week that your name is drawn, going to redraw somebody else. In so, case anyone's wondering who's going to be joining us, it's Trump. Trump's going to be joining us, yeah. Well, he's got it's nothing Donald. else to do. Yeah, It's Donald. He might be getting impeached from the White House, but he's more than welcome on our show. We're actually going to get together, the three of us. We're going to Camp David. We're going to record with Trump. So. Yep. <laughs> he's a big gamer. I don't know if you guys knew that. He. Uh, well, he definitely votes better than you guys, so I'll definitely like He him. loves. You know what's funny, is though? He loves Journey. It made him cry. So <laughs> Yeah. He's very emotional. Get him out of here. I got feelings. I, got, I, know, I know feelings better than you know feelings. <laughs> he's very emotional. All right. That does it for us this week. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.